All gas, no brake. Swaggy sauce, Gardner. Um, I mean, that boy's a dog, man. And, uh, that boy a dog, for real. Listen, thank you. We're, we're all taking receipts on all the people who continually mock and, and say that we ain't going to do anything. I'm taking receipts. And I'm going to be more than happy to share them with all of y'all when it's all said and done. Well, everybody, a lot to talk about tonight. As promised, Connor Lives will be joining us uh, in just a little bit momentarily. We had to hop on a little bit earlier on the Jetsway podcast tonight. Jake, Sean, and Lorenzo. Days before the draft, but who would have thought that the week of the draft, we would be talking about something other than the draft. And that's something, in case you're living under a rock, is Aaron Rodgers is officially a member of the New York Jets. The the trade finalized today between the Jets and the Packers. Joe Douglas sending uh, this year's first round pick, next year's second, or excuse me, end a second round pick for this year. And next year, it's a first round pick unless Rodgers plays six, does not play 65% of the snaps. That's the deal for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers first round pick. So trading back two slots, a second round pick this year and a first that could become a second next year. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully Rodgers is a great year this year and we run it back. Hopefully it is a first round pick, but what's everybody's takeaway on this deal? I mean, finally, like it it finally got done. You know, we don't have to talk about this anymore. We don't have to, uh, you know, keep worrying about who our quarterback's going to be. I think, you know, for the first time in a while, um, you know, we we have a a good amount of reasons to be excited about this team. Um, I know Sean and I were at the Knicks game yesterday. um, And just like, I was just, I kept thinking, like, imagine a Jets um, playoff home game. Like, we've never had that in our lifetime. So hopefully with this trade, that can happen. Um, And yeah, that's kind of how I felt. Same same wavelength as that. I'm just happy it's over. I'm happy we got him. Uh, the trade package seems pretty fair for both sides. I mean, the Packers got a good hole for a guy that they just had to trade, and the Jets got a Hall of Fame quarterback. And, you know, they got a Super, super Bowl window now for hopefully, you know, a, a, a couple years here. Yeah, I think that the whole holdup was over that first-round pick next year. I think the Jets probably wanted to do both seconds this year and – a second that would become a third next year. I don't think the Jets were ever interested in giving up a first round pick outright, but you just had to swallow it here. You had no other choice but to do this deal. And for any Jet fan today that's saying, oh, well, we gave up too much, forget what they gave up. Guys, we've been drafting, we've been having a surplus of draft picks now for what feels like a lifetime, right? Every year we have all of our picks. We have we never trade our first round picks. And where's that gotten us? I mean, for every single Elijah Vera Tucker, for every single Garrett Wilson, for every single Sauce Gardner, there's a Vernon Golston. There's a Kyle Wilson. These guys don't get Calvin Pryor. How can we forget about him? There's what I'm saying is the draft is a lottery system at the end of the day. These are lottery tickets. And the fact that we're getting a quarterback that is still playing at a high level. Last year, he had the broken thumb, not the best receivers. We've gone over this a million times. And Aaron Rodgers, considering us and even wanting to come play for the Jets, I'll trade a few lottery picks for that any day of the week, especially when we don't have too many holes on this football team as it is. So we're going for it for the first time. What feels like, and it's not even what feels like, it is almost a lifetime for a lot. Of, it's it's a decade that we've really gone for it. And you can't help but be excited as a Jet fan. We've been on here talking about just wanting to make the playoffs or even just playing meaningful December football games for when we started this program. 
Now we're going to be talking about how we can win the Super Bowl. And for once, the emphasis and the expectation is going to the playoffs and winning a Super Bowl. It It's just, it's a whole new day for the Jets. And for any fan complaining, I, I can't help you. I can't help you. We've done nothing but complain and rip this franchise now for years. It, it's time to change the tune here. It, it really is. So uh, good for the Jets. Good for Joe Douglas. And Robert Sala, you're on the clock. You got to win now. There, there's no excuses for Coach Sala. You have the quarterback. You have all the players. It's time. It, he is on the clock under the most pressure this year for any NFL head coach. Yeah, I think that's very fair. And, and definitely, you know, to your point, um, I, I definitely think Jet fans have, you know, lots to be excited about. And um, man, it's 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 an exciting day. It's, you know, obviously the draft this week, you know, we have, you know, a couple more additions to make to this team, but um, really liked what we did um, today, uh, just, just in terms of free agency and, and trade uh, in regards to that. Definitely. And he's instantly, you know, the best quarterback to ever put on a Jets, jer- a Jets jersey. And it's just a very exciting times, you know, at times that uh, Jets fan deserve right now. And also some other news today, and I, I don't want to minimize the whole Aaron Rodgers thing, but we have to fit in a lot of material. We knew Rodgers was coming here. The, dra- the, the draft was probably the deadline all along. Corey Davis is still on the Jets, most notably. We all thought that he would be in a Rodgers trade, so who knows? Maybe Davis is back. Maybe after, maybe they trade him during the draft for a draft pick, maybe to recoup some capital. Um, but I also expect the Jets to maneuver this board uh, in some capacity, getting back some draft capital that they gave away. I trust Joe Douglas. He's very smart. Rodgers will be here. We have months, guys. We we have all through after the draft to talk about how this team will go about this season, what we'll be doing, how we'll be using guys. I actually just wanted to get to before we have on Connor Livesy. Connor McGovern is back with the Jets. We talked about this at length. Sean, we talked about it the last time I was on with you. Lorenzo, we talked about it last week. I saw it coming. It was one of those things where I think if Ben Jones really wanted to be a member of the Jets, he probably would be here. He's probably retiring as it is, and he probably should from what I've been hearing about his concussion history, 33 years old or whatever it is, probably time to hang up the spikes. McGovern back on a cheap one-year deal. How's everybody feeling about that one? Um, definitely feeling good. I think it was, um, again, we still needed that center. And I think, you know, with the draft coming up, you know, we can still ha- take a center. Not It doesn't have to necessarily be in the second round, um, but but it could be on day three of the draft. And I think um, we're in a good position in terms of depth at, um, at the center position now. Yeah, I definitely still want to see us take a center. We've we talked about it a bunch. McGovern's a middle-of-the-pack center. You know, he's average. He gets the job done. But, you know, it's time to, I guess, have him and then draft one and then have that pipeline. Yeah, I, I'm not interested in the center anymore, to be completely honest with you. On, on day two, I really would like a receiver on this team. I know a lot of people, or a safety. I, I, I personally would not shy away from a safety, particularly in the second round. But another playmaker on this offense, would that be a receiver? Or honestly, I mean, shoot, I, I really wouldn't hate them drafting a tight end at 15, one of these playmakers, Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid. I know a lot of people push back on me on that one, but um, – I personally would be really excited by that. I know probably won't get the most rave reviews, but I think both of them are just flat out ballers and playmakers from the jump. Something the Jets haven't had in forever is a true playmaking tight end. And it would excite me as a Jet fan. There's really not a whole lot that we could do at 15. Uh, Taking a defensive tackle is not at all something I'm interested in with the 15th overall pick. This team has been drafting defensive tackles for years Nope. No, thanks. That would be reverting back to old habits. So let's get some type of impact playmaker in here 
whether that be a pass catcher or a guy in the secondary, because we have those key pieces now in the trenches outside of a tackle. Personally, I'm taking a tackle at 15. But outside of that, I would like some guys to really come in here and be a true X factor for this team across the board on the edge. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's that's our, our you know most glaring hole at the moment. Um, I think at 15, um, there's still going to be um, a good amount of options for us to to take, obviously with the, a quarterback heavy draft. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think it's tackle for me. Um, I mean, would I hate a tight end? No, but I also don't think the tight end of, of the future is on this roster at the moment. Um, so any anywhere where we're adding to the offense, honestly, I'm you know I'm I'm okay with. And like you said, as long as it's not a you know defensive tackle, I think um, you no know, Jeff Lan- Jeff fans will have too much to complain about. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's, it's still tackle for me, but if you can add to the offense and get get Aaron Rodgers an explosive weapon, you can't be mad at that. But 15s now, like in an interesting spot because I've seen in some mocks the uh, Packers taking tackles, so it's going to be interesting for sure. And I, I'm sure you guys saw that a lot of draft analysts said this is going to be a very unpredictable draft. So I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, I think five quarterbacks are getting drafted in the first round. I'm curious to hear what Connor Livesy has in his mock and his assessment on everything. But um, I think Hendon Hooker can really play. So I think, honestly, me personally, and again, I'm not really a professional at this, but I would take Hendon Hooker before I would Will Levis in this draft. Uh, just being honest here and putting my two cents on things. So I think there'll be five quarterbacks. I think both those tight ends will go in the first round. I personally would be surprised if we didn't see two running backs in the first round either. So this is going to be a, a little bit of an or, unorthodox draft, to say the least, where you see some guys at non-premium positions get drafted a lot higher than previous years. I mean, last year, and it wasn't last year, it was the year before, right? With with Morg, there wasn't even a safety drafted in the first round. So uh, even sometimes you don't even see a running back drafted in the first round. Tight ends, outside of Kyle Pitts, we didn't see a dra- tight end drafted last year, right, in the first round. So it's it's an interesting one this year. Uh, I, I'm excited. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely excited for Thursday and obviously the the weekend as well. Um, I I'm hearing you know Will Levis might go to the Colts. Um, but there there's definitely going to be I think there's definitely going to be a couple of trades for quarterbacks. That would be so bad. Um, in, in the top four, um, or at least the top five. But um, yeah, no, def, definitely curious to see how this all unfolds. Um, you know, one person or one player that I'm interested to see where he goes is definitely B. John Robinson. Um. You know, obviously won't be on the Jets, but he, he's an explosive guy and cares to see what offense he, he's, he's in. Oh, definitely. So we have we have five picks now, right? Yes. Yes. After the trades, yes. Yeah. So after after the second round, it's going to get, you know, who knows what they're going to do with that. So I'm definitely excited to see what happens. And also, you got to remember, we, we traded for Elijah. We traded Elijah Moore, right, in a third round pick. So it's really like, I mean, it was it's it's like the second round pick we had this year, right? And then Elijah Moore, third round pick and a first next year. It's really not that shabby at the end of the day. Not too steep of a price. I'm good riddance Elijah Moore. Uh, <laughs> I was, I'm all right without him, but I still think this team could use another receiver. I really would love if we took Marvin Mims on day two of this draft and either got rid of Corey Davis or traded him to recoup that draft capital. And I don't know if you guys saw Connor Hughes was a lot of Connors today on the podcast. Wow. Um, Connor Hughes was speaking to a source that he has with the Jets. And while they acknowledged they might have given up a lot, they said, wait till you see the reworked contract for Rodgers. And that that's what makes me think perhaps maybe there could be some other moves up the Jets' sleeves. I don't think Hopkins is coming here after the latest. Maybe that does change because Aaron Rodgers is 
an official member of the Jets. Maybe Hopkins wasn't moving in that direction. Uh, he might have been the only person in the whole football community that wasn't under that assumption. But who knows? Some things could change. But uh, maybe Quan comes back. Maybe the Jets do go out there and get like an Adrian Amos who played uh, with Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he signed with the team quite yet. He could help us in the back end of that secondary. So maybe there are other moves this team could make after the draft as well. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, listen, it's still only April, um, you know, as we know in the NFL season, um, or NFL offseason that, you know, signings go on, um, obviously up until training camp, but um, especially in that June, July timeframe. So yeah, no, definitely, uh, definitely we'll have some additions to this team. Don't forget uh, Randall Cobb, your boy. Um, we'll probably make his way back on back uh, with Aaron Rodgers. So, um, you know, definitely a lot to a uh, lot to happen this offseason. Yeah, I I definitely agree with Jake. I, I need to see another uh, weapon get added here after we traded more and then lost out on Beckham. It felt like we kind of need another explosive weapon. So maybe they do add one. Maybe they don't. But we'll see. Honestly. I would be it's going to be very hard for me to be annoyed in this draft. It's really not taking a defensive tackle. <laughs> really, that's the only thing that would honestly annoy me. Even a safety wouldn't really annoy me. Um, so I don't know, man. I, I, I'm just excited for it. I, taking a quarterback high would probably be not the smartest idea. Um, but, yeah, we, we just have to wait and see. All right. Well, folks, this next guest uh, does not need any introduction at this point. Year three, I think it is, right? Yeah, I think so. Connor Livesy, ladies and gentlemen. Connor, year three. It's, I, it's, we, look how it's far we've come. With you guys at this point. <laughs> look, look how far we've come. We were just hoping to be a competitive football team, and here we are training for Aaron Rodgers today. How about that? I thought I was going to get kicked off the show after that. I, I think I sent you a message like, hey, are we, am I getting booted? You, you guys bringing in somebody from Green Bay? But appreciate y'all sticking with me. <laughs> yeah. No, the guy we actually brought in from Green Bay has gotten bombarded on Twitter, actually. He's a nice, <laughs> he was a nice guy when we talked to him. But Jet fans have given him all. Oh, they've, they've, they've tormented this guy. He, he said something about not getting a fir- – about for sure getting the 13th pick, and that was that. Was that. He was a good guy, but – um. Yeah. Probably. Uh. Probably doesn't want to come back on any jet related <laughs> content. I don't really blame him. But. Uh. All right. Let's get into it. So Connor, the Jets are now picking fifteenth in this draft. On your draft guide, and by the way, folks, go check it out. I believe it's uh, seven bucks this year. Seven, um, yeah. Inflation got us. Got. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Um. What do you call it? Venmo, PayPal. Uh. Before yeah, Venmo, we get into PayPal, it. Venmo, PayPal, Cash App. Yeah. Yeah. Of the offensive tackles because that is the primary need for the Jets this year. Who is your favorite tackle? Who do you think fits in best with them? Uh, take us through that whole uh, first round of tackle pool. I, I, I've been with it at 13, and I think I'm going to stick with it here at 15. I don't know that it's going to change a whole lot, but Broderick Jones out of Georgia is my tackle one. Um, and I think he's got the best way I can describe him and the comparisons I give him is he's a lot like Andrew Thomas a couple of years ago that came out of Georgia, who went to the Giants um, first year was okay, you know, but there's a lot of people, you know, Hey, w- what's going on? You know, that, it seems like he's not really panning out. And then year two, um, you know, he turned into one of the best left tackles in football. And I think that you're going to see a similar career arc with Broderick Jones. Um, he's just a guy that's got all the measurables that you look for. He's a great athlete. Uh, he's got a lot of length, 34 and three quarter inch arms. He's a redshirt sophomore. So he's only 21 years old, but, uh, big hands, violent hands, 
He's a violent blocker on the move. He's a good run blocker. Um, just needs to continue to develop his technique and uh, footwork a little bit as a pass protector. Um, but man, he's got all the all the tools and all the traits you could dream of um, as a prototypical left tackle. And like I said, he's super young. He's only a redshirt sophomore, 21 years old, um, almost 35 inch arms and almost 11 inch hands. So everything you kind of want in a left tackle, he's got it. Great athlete, great move blocker. Um, and I think he's going to be a a dude um, down the road. Like I said, year one, he might need a little, you know, he's 21. He might need kind of that ease into things year. But, man, I think year two, year three, you're going to get an Andrew Thomas-like player there um, at left tackle. And and with Roderick, um, are you worried about that inexperience? Because um, I know he, he's really young, but are you worried about that at all? And um, and also another question I wanted to ask about Darnell Wright, you know, in comparison to, to Roderick, Roderick Jones. For me, no, not with Jones, just because he had a constant progression throughout this year. Um, and I think that as long as you see that ladder continuing to go up, you're not as worried about the inexperience because you're you're seeing them develop, you know, in real time. And I think that's important. Um, like I said, you, you always have that adjustment from college to the NFL, even though he played at Georgia, played at a big time program. Um we saw, like I said, like it's it's tough to get Andrew Thomas out of my head and eyes when I watch Broderick Jones because it's very similar career paths, very similar ways to the NFL. Um, and I think that that while he hasn't played a ton of games, um, I, I do think that that in time he's going to be, uh, you know, a, a, a all pro-ish left tackle. Um, and then Darnell Wright, big fan of Darnell Wright. I think my only issues with Darnell Wright is his tape at left tackle was nowhere as good as his tape at right tackle, um, which – for a lot of teams nowadays, there's so many good edge rushers. You're not valuing the left tackle as much as you were years ago. But um, I think Darnell Wright's a, a much better right tackle prospect than he is left tackle. Um, and I think he's got some upside at guard too. Uh, but but similar things, you know, he's not as good as an athlete, not as good as a uh, a you know projection as far as Broderick Jones goes. But I think that he's got a lot of strength to his game. Um, you know, he's not quite the traitsy prospect that Broderick Jones is, but I think he's an NFL ready guy. I think he's going to come in and be a starting right tackle right away. I'm um, a guy that you can play inside at guard if you need to. So a pick 15, do you think that Jets are going to have their choice of a couple or, or is it going to be just like, let's the top tackles there by default, kind of? To me, I think Paris Johnson, who I'm not as high on as a lot of people, um, he kind of is in a similar, I say tier, not tier for me, but like, the young kind of rough around the edges guy, you might need some time to develop, but I just, I, I don't see it quite as much with Paris Johnson as I do Broderick Jones, but I think the NFL is going to be very high on him. Um, I think he's probably going to go top 10 somewhere. And, and I think Peter Skronsky is going to be viewed as a guard by a lot of people. So I think those two guys will probably be gone. Um, and then I think you'll probably have the option of a, and that, that's, Interesting, because I think, if I'm not mistaken, Patriots pick at 14. I, I was thinking the same thing, yeah, and it would it, be the most Jet thing ever. Yeah, and I think the Patriots have been linked quite a bit to Darnell Wright. Um, but I, I think you'll have the pick of one of Darnell Wright or Broderick Jones there at 15. I would imagine. Um, and that's that's got to be the biggest issue right now is the Jets. Is you know It's like, hey, did we move away from one of those tackle prospects that we feel like we could have gotten it? Like Broderick Jones at 13 was like the – that's – you saw that everywhere. Um, and now you're kind of like, man, is he going to make it those two extra picks, which is a little bit of a risk, but I mean, I think you're, you're more than willing to make that risk to get a quarterback <laughs> that you feel comfortable with. <laughs> it's any, it's interesting. You mentioned that about Paris Johnson, because he's a guy that the jets had on for two visits last week. Uh, but there was a report today saying that Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals is a very right. big fan of Paris Johnson. And uh, for all the jet fans out there and yourself as well, Connor, 
Uh, Rich Samini of ESPN.com has linked Broderick Jones very heavily to the Jets. He has mentioned him on numerous occasions as a guy that he's heard that the Jets are high on in their building. But I wanted to shift away a little bit from the tackles because another big area of need for this Jets football team is the safety position. We were starting LaMarcus Joyner there last year. And if you weren't watching a ton of the Jets, and if you weren't, I don't blame you. I'm sure you'll be seeing plenty of them this year on primetime television. LaMarcus Joyner was awful. I can't imagine too many other safeties in the league were worse than him. The Jets really need to upgrade that center field position, a free-ranging safety back there in the back end with the secondary. Brian Burns is probably a little too high for them. They probably won't get a guy like that in the second round. But, you know, a guy on day two, day three, who are your favorite true free safeties in this draft class that not a lot of Jet fans may know about? Yeah, I mean, the safety class is a is a rough one. Um, I don't think that's a secret to, to many people. You know, Brian Branch is a guy who's probably going to go, you know, middle to back into the first round. Um, he's my my favorite safety. Um, and, and that's, I guess, the tricky thing is there's not too many just true free safeties in this class. I mean, Jordan Battles, a guy from Alabama who I think kind of fits that role, um, didn't test particularly well, but I think he's a good football player. He's got good instincts. He's got in, good anticipation, good ball skills um, from that free safety position. So he's an interesting, you know, kind of second, third round safety prospect. Uh, Christopher Smith out of Georgia is another guy who played a lot of free safety at Georgia, can kind of play all over the box, um, you know, play the the down safety, play the back safety role, just another guy who didn't test particularly well. Um, so that's, you know, a little bit concerning there with him. Jair Brown out of Penn State's probably the guy that I think you'll probably want to highlight the most. I mean, I think he's probably a a third, fourth round guy, um, either late, you know, middle, late day two, maybe early day three. Uh, has a lot of ball skills and ball production at Penn State. Um, just another guy, I, I've said it multiple times, it didn't test the way we thought he was going to test. So I think that that's a little concerning for teams, um, especially when you're playing that, you know, deep middle, single high safety, free safety guy that has to kind of play, you know, hash to hash um, with range and anticipation. So there's some day two, day three free safety guys that I like. It's just all of them really didn't test all that well, which is kind of concerning um, when you're looking at guys to cover a lot of ground on the back end of the secondary. Yeah, and, and sticking on the theme of defense, um, obviously safety was a big um, area of need for us as well. I think, you know, probably a linebacker on day three is probably another need um, as well. Do you got, do you, do you like any guys, uh, middle linebackers, somebody who can cover um, tight ends, running backs, and things like that. Do you do you like a guy in this draft? Just you said just on day three, or just in general? Uh, probably in general, but more more, more primarily day two, day three. A developmental guy, kind of like a yeah. Troy Anderson was. I don't know if you remember him. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean Ivan Pace Jr. is a guy who he's small, he's undersized, but man, if if you're looking for you know an undersized inside linebacker that just plays football really really well, I think he's an interesting guy that you can probably get. It's tough to see his range because, man, you watch him on tape, you, you see the testing, you're like, man, this this guy's a, a dude. But, you know, obviously he's he's very undersized, and I think that's one of his biggest concerns. But I think, you know, he's a guy who's right around top 100 player. Um, I, he made my top 100 um, in my, my, my draft guide. So he's a guy that I really like. Um, just like I said, his biggest issue is he's small, he's light, and he doesn't have great length. But if you're looking for a dude that just knows how to play football, he plays with good instincts, um, plays above his weight class as far as his physicality and stuff goes, can cover, can rush the passer. Um, he's a very intriguing name to look for at linebacker uh, in that 
range. And then um, some of the other guys that I like that, that like I said, Dion Henley um, out of Washington State, he's a guy that, you know, second round, third round, probably I, I don't think he's going to make it to the third round because he's a great athlete um, as well. But he's a uh, he's a fun player as well that kind of, again, fits that undersized athletic role. Um, but he's a guy that can cover – um, can can play the run sideline to sideline. Like I said, him and Ivan Pace are guys that you really don't want playing, you know, downhill a ton um, just because they're undersized. They can kind of get washed around by the blockers. But uh, I like those guys on, on day two. Um, it, it's tough to really know how these linebackers are going to come off the board because Drew Sanders is a guy that I think most people probably have as the top linebacker in this class. But you got guys like Trenton Simpson out of Clemson who are who are very athletic but very raw. Jack Campbell out of Iowa um, is a guy who looks the part, but he also doesn't always play up to his size. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot of these linebackers who – it wouldn't shock me if no linebackers go in the first round and then a lot of these guys go in that second and third round range. Um, the Marvion Overshone's a, a guy out of Texas who used to, you know, played some safety for Texas early in his career, kind of has that, you know, strong safety build but played a lot in the box at linebacker. Um, he's an interesting guy. Dorian Williams out of two lanes, another name that's – a lot of these linebackers nowadays are undersized but fast and athletic because teams are trying to catch up with the passing games in the NFL, and that's what a lot of these guys are coming into this class. So thinking back to a few years ago about your thoughts on one Zach Wilson, what do you think ultimately went wrong with him? Um, I mean, I think that – I don't have it in front of me, but I feel like if I read my scouting report, you'd get a lot of boom or bust. Like oh, there, there was plenty of bust. <laughs> don't worry. And, don't don't worry, bro. I, I remember talking with you guys like he's a yeah. wild ass, and like that can yeah. be taken one of two ways. Like it well, can be positive. There was, and it there can was be uh, some ass <laughs> involved with his uh, Jets tenure. Um, <laughs> through yeah, our family I mean, show, though. <laughs> it, it's 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 tough. You see these guys all the time. I mean, they're completely different prospects. Please don't compare this. Think I'm comparing these two prospects. But Anthony Richardson reminds me a lot of the Zach Wilson stuff. It was like the highs are highs, but the lows are really freaking low. Oh. And like, do you bet on – what do you bet on? And, 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 and truly, like, Zach Wilson at BYU, I was willing to bet on some of those highs because it's like, okay, he's not playing with a ton of NFL talent. Like, he's not getting a ton of help. Um, but – it's the reason that you see these big – I mean, and again, Zach Wilson wasn't a physical freak like Josh Allen and all those guys, but you, you see those guys get drafted early because of their project, projectability. And when you talk about projection a lot, you're also not saying it, but you're also alluding to a lot of issues because there's so much projection involved with it. Don't worry. He's going to make Aaron Rodgers' life hell in practice. <laughs> by, but, yeah. Um, but kind of – uh, were you at the Senior Bowl this year out of curiosity? I know you have been there in years past, but this year were you there? Yeah, I did not go this year. This was the first year I hadn't been able to go in a while. But uh, Okay. Yeah, yeah no worries. Watched all the practices and most of the tape from practice, so I saw a lot of the guys there. Well, this guy absolutely stood out at the Senior Bowl, especially to Joe Douglas and the Jets, but I think today was a, a really big admission that they probably won't be drafting him, and that is John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota, the center. Um, Jets probably won't be going with an interior offensive lineman, but who knows? We have been very surprised before in the past with Joe Douglas and his picks. Uh, just give us a little bit on him and some other guys in this draft that maybe are guards that are playing center, um, can be versatile in both areas. Guys that, you know, I'm talking 
maybe a little bit later on day two, you could see them falling on day three because they didn't test the best as we've seen plenty of times over the years uh, in this draft. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, John Michael Schmitz, I'll, I'll start with him. He's my first ranked sender and my second ranked interior offensive lineman. Um, I, I think he's a center only prospect, um, even though, you know, I think if you needed to play him at guard, you, you you could get away with it, but I just don't know why you would want to. I think he's, he's really solid in that area. I mean, his, his anchor skills, his athletic ability, his physicality um, is really impressive for a guy who lacks some of those physical traits. You know, he's six, three and a half, 301 pounds, so he's a little bit lighter, um, but he's, he's really smooth athletically for a guy, his, his build and frame. Um, his biggest knock for me is, He's 24 years old, which that's an older prospect. And, you know, you're, you're trying to have these guys for 10 years. So you, the way I look at it is if you draft John Michael Smith, you're hoping he's still a starter for you at 35, which isn't crazy, but um, he's just, he needs to clean up a few things technically. And, you know, he's by no means a dynamic physical or athletic freak, but I think he plays with more than enough play strength, more than enough anchor and more than enough athleticism uh, to be a, to be a really talented guy. Um, I compared him to Ben Jones, a guy who's been really good. Uh, in the league for a while. And I think that's probably a, a comparison you'll see and hear a lot. Um, but no, I, I like his game a lot. As far as some other guard prospects or center prospects that you can kind of play, has some versatility. I mean, Steve Avila out of TCU is a guy who's played some guard. He played primarily left guard for TCU last year, but he has snaps at guard. Um, he has snaps at right tackle. He's played a little bit of left tackle and he's played right guard. So he's played every, he's taken snaps at all five spots on the offensive line for TCU. Um, so he's a very interesting name to, to, to keep an eye on. I mean, his versatility speaks volumes. Um, a guy who I don't know is going to be a center, but I, I think has a really high ceiling there at guard is uh, Braden Daniels out of Utah. Um, I think he's a guy who's kind of a borderline top 100 player. I uh, really like him. He's got the the size, the length, the athleticism. Uh, just needs to add some 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 mass to his frame and you know strengthen up his anchor a little bit. But uh, I think the guy you're probably going to be the most interested in is a guy like Luke Weipler out of Ohio State who was – you know, he's kind of fallen in this draft a little bit. And for what reasons, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, he's athletic. He, he, he's he got some pop in his pads. Um, just needs to improve his pad level a little bit. I mean, he's, he plays a little high at times and he can, can struggle with his anchor a little bit. But um, another guy who's 6'3", you know, 303 pounds, he's a redshirt sophomore. We talked about that earlier. Um, but a good athlete. He had a nine uh, nine three zero uh, relative athletic score. So that shows how good of an athlete he is. Um, but I think he's a plug-and-play starting center, and I think if you needed to bounce him out the guard as well, you could. Um, just doesn't have great length, and like I said, he kind of he kind of needs the same thing with Michael Schmitz to just clean up his frame a little bit, add some strength to it, which will help improve his anchor, and um, I think he'll be a, a starting center for for a long time. Yeah, I, I definitely think you know at some point during this draft, the Jets will probably draft a center or at least some some sort of interior help. I uh, wanted to ask about the tight ends, uh, Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid. Those two are probably the best two. Um, I'm sure you, you've you've noted, um, but I, I've I wanted to ask about them and and maybe their fit in this offense. Um, obviously, you know we're you know we're still trying to add weapons. Um, but what do you what are your take on those those two guys specifically? I mean, I love this tight end class as a whole. I mean, you mentioned you know the the top two guys, you know Michael Mayer and. Dalton Kincaid for a lot of people. I actually have Darnell Washington, the Georgia tight end, as my top three tight end. Wow. Um, and I know that's probably surprising for a lot of people, but man, like it's just the draft so much, the projection side of things is just so much about what the, the guy can be. Um, you know, I, I, I covered and a fan of the Cowboys. Like when the Cowboys drafted Micah Parsons at 12th overall a few years ago, a lot of people were like, man, like 
you know, he didn't rush the passer at Penn State. It was, you're drafting an inside linebacker who hadn't played the year before because of COVID, but you you knew he was this freak athlete, and that's what Darnell Washington is. And I mean, for Green Bay, I think I, it wouldn't be at 15th overall, but if somehow Darnell Washington makes it to them in the uh, excuse me, the Jets. If if somehow Darnell Washington's there for the Jets in the second round, that would be. Which, excuse me, if I'm speaking out of line, did they give away all their second round picks this year? Nope. They had a pile of nope. They still have one. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, he would just make so much sense for them in the second round because he's he is a massive dude that blocks extremely well for for his size. He's a dynamic athlete. He had a nine eight eight relative athletic score. He's six foot seven, two hundred sixty four pounds. Almost 35-inch arms, 11-inch hands. He ran a 4.64, 31-inch vertical, 10-2 broad. Just an explosive athlete that he really doesn't have the production because of Brock Bowers. I was going to ask you that. Was he, was he better than him, you think? Or do you think Bowers is definitely was definitely the best Georgia Bulldog tight end? He's a better blocker than Bowers, and I think he's probably a more complete tight end than Bowers if he gets to the point where I think he can get to. But Bowers is just such a dynamic receiver, and that's why, you know, when Georgia threw the ball, they had other weapons to throw the ball to as well. But, I mean, again, you know, they're, they're... Darnell Washington was used in a certain role in Georgia, and I think that if you expand that role, he can be a dynamic player. I mean, I, I don't throw this comparison around lightly, but he kind of reminds you of like a guy like Rob Gronkowski, a guy who can block in line. You can flex outside in that slot, move him around, and he can do that. I mean, he played X receiver for Georgia quite a bit this year. Um, which kind of speaks to his just physicality, his athleticism, his route running ability. Um, I think he's got some dynamic ability after the catch, still some untapped potential there. But, man, he's just – again, you can't teach size, you can't teach athleticism, and you can't teach – you can teach, but most tight ends struggle to block early in their career, and that's what slows their development and getting them on the field. But, I mean, he's – you know, He's talked about as almost being used as like a sixth offensive lineman, but he's also a freak athlete. So not comparing him to Rob Gronkowski, but I think, you know, he's got that type of ceiling to him that if he really develops in the areas he needs to develop in, he could be a complete mismatch weapon for an offense at tight end. So staying in that second round pick uh, range here, do you have a favorite wide receiver that could go around there? Um. This wide receiver class is an interesting one. I mean, I like more guys than I think most people do. Um, where's Where's the second round pick at? 40, 43. Three, yeah, 43. 43. Josh Downs is fun. I actually compared Josh Downs to Randall Cobb. He's got some Randall Cobb in the game. Um, well, we, at, we're, at, Randall Cobb will be here in a few weeks, I bet. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even think about that when I said that. I, just, just the, when, I mean, when you watch Josh Downs, he's kind of a, you know, he's a smaller dude, played outside some in North Carolina, but he projects as a slot, you know, primary slot guy. Um, he's explosive as hell. You know, he's not he's not straight line fast, but he's super explosive. Um Big play in a bottle type of guy. He 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 plays well above his weight class with the balls over the rim. So he's a guy that I could see going in that forty-ish range. Um, it would be a really good value. I like him a lot. I mean, like I said, he's he's kind of gotten knocked down. A lot of these smaller receivers have gotten knocked down the board a little bit just because they're they're smaller guys. But um, he's my sixth wide receiver in this class. I love him a lot. A guy that I feel like's not getting the much hype as he deserves. Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati. He's my wide receiver five. Another dude who's 5'8", 5'9", um, you know, sub 180 pounds. He's smaller frame guy, but he's explosive as heck. 
Um, he's 5'10", 177 pounds. He's got not got the biggest catch radius. He's not got, you know, super physical play style. But, man, he is a dynamic athlete. He is a dynamic, explosive athlete down the field. Um, and I think that that's something that, you know, Aaron Rodgers can benefit from, a guy who can, you know, get down the field vertically. Um, he did a lot of his damage outside at Cincinnati, which I think is a good thing for a guy who's only 5'10". His ability to win on the outside, also on the inside, is is a big thing for him. Um, so, like I said, he he kind of fits in. He probably will go. I mean, I know a lot of people have him as like a third-round player, fourth-round player. But, man, I, I, I value him a lot higher than a lot of people. Um, and I think he's a guy who's going to have a big impact. He, I mean, the easy comp for him, this isn't something, you know, super – original for me but he reminds you a lot of Tyler Lockett uh, with Seattle a guy who can play inside can play out he makes a lot of his plays down the field um, just does a lot of the small things really well uh, at the receiver position it's not a super dynamic guy after the catch but he's got all the traits um, to, to, to develop that area and I mean his explosive play rate at Cincinnati was like insane like I think it was 44 percent of his catches went for 20 plus yards or something this year and like I said, he's he's got a lot of untapped potential because he was a running back in high school, uh, got recruited at Cincinnati as a running back, and then he told me the first day of practice, spring practices for Cincinnati, they were like, yeah, you're not going to play running back. You're going to play receiver. So still pretty new to the position, um, but I think he's a guy that's got a lot of untapped potential at receiver and could be a really explosive player um, if he lands in the right spot. I like Marvin Mims for whatever it's worth. I don't know how you feel about him, but he's my wide receiver 10. Like I said, very wow. similar. I mean, so many of these dudes are, are, are very similar. I mean, you talk about Zay flower, you talk about Tyler Scott, Josh Downs, Nathaniel Dell, uh, Jalen Hyatt, Marvin Mims, all these guys are thinner build guys. Jackson Smith and Jigba, the number uh, one wide receiver on the board. He is. He is. That in Garrett Wilson last year. No. Okay. No. He's graded. I think I probably have him graded a little bit higher in this class, but that's just because I think this class is a little bit weaker than last year's class. Um, I don't remember exactly where I had Garrett Wilson, but Jackson Pretty high. is yeah. So he might have been Jackson Smith and Jig was my ninth overall player. I want to say in this class, so I still have him high, top ten. But it's just the top half of this class isn't isn't super great in my opinion. Well. Our last question to you is because the previous two years, I feel like, and I'm just remembering off the top of my head, um, you have said some things that are very against the consensus, and they've been pretty spot on for the most part. I remember you weren't the highest on Gregory Rousseau, saying you had a fifth-round grade on him. Hasn't been the best in Buffalo, to be honest with you. It's been a little bit of a letdown. I don't even think they're going to pick up his fifth-year option uh, in Buffalo, so that's a feather in your cap. Uh, Dwayne Eskridge didn't really work out quite yet in – Seattle, probably that's a lot to do with opportunity as well with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett being there. Um, and then last year, you you mentioned Khalil Shakir. He had some moments in Buffalo as a rookie on a really talented uh, offense. Who This year, give me one guy you think is being completely overvalued as a first-round prospect and a guy that's probably like Tyler Scott, who you just mentioned out of Cincinnati, that more people should start paying attention to. Is it unfair for me to say Anthony Richardson? <laughs> it's a little bit of a because yeah give me give me a position player okay all right yeah let me let me let me see let me go through some names real quick and see where we're at um i don't who you he, just don't see it with is what we're saying you know what i'm saying like you just like yeah. rousseau like a, a, a rousseau-esque i'm trying to prospect. think of somebody like that i'm that low on that i was with him this year um i guess so 
this isn't as bad. And it's really not even fair. I was going to say Quentin Johnson, but I mean, I, I don't, I, I, people have a lot of, if you have Quentin Johnson as a lock wide receiver, like one or two first round player, I don't see it there. Um, let me see if I can find a better one for you though. I'm kind of going through my names here and seeing. Kalijah Kansi's a guy that a lot of people are pretty torn on as well. He's 27th for me. I mean, that's, you know, I feel like a lot of people have him like top 15. Yeah. But shit. People are mocking him to the jets uh, yeah. all day today. Um, Man, I mean, Anthony Richardson's my easy one because he's my 63rd overall player, and I know he's mentioned to be going top six. <laughs> I, I feel like it's tough not to think about that one. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find a, a better name for you, though. Here, I, I, I mean, this isn't a name that, like, this isn't a name, I guess, that that is super touted right now, but Julius Brents has kind of been mentioned as, like, a first-round player. Um out of Kansas State, super he kind of is like the Tariq Woolen of this year, super long, big, athletic dude. But I mean, I, I got a late third round grade on uh, Julius Prince. I mean, I, I get the the projection there with him. We we talked about that word again, but man, it's just you know I watched him against Quentin Johnson, a guy who I said I don't really like as much as other people, and Quentin Johnson just torched him. I mean, just destroyed him and he, he he's big but he also doesn't play with that consistent physicality that you you love to see um so i mean i, I think that's probably my, my easiest one because i know that julius prince has gotten a lot of first round love you know early day two love over the last couple of weeks after the combine pretty much and for me i just see a, a late third round guy on, on the on my board that you know you feel like eventually might be able to develop into a quality starter but Right now, I think he's a special teams guy, a rotational guy that you you probably still have a lot of work to do until you feel comfortable with him on the field. And you you did the mock this year on the guide again, like every other year. Yeah. Uh, you had Broderick Jones going to the Jets when they were originally picking at thirteen. I want to say I did. Let me see. Let me scroll down. Well, because last year you were pretty spot on. We tried telling you it was going to be Thibodeau to the Jets at four, and you had Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Thank God and. It came to fruition. I believe you had Garrett Wilson at t- number 10 as well for the Jets. Broderick Jones at 13, yes. Yeah. So, like I said, you just I got Broderick Jones at 13. I got Darnell right to New England right behind him. So It would be very Jets-like to have their guy get snatched up by Bill Belichick, but whatever. I mean, they can have fun with Mac Jones uh, for a year. You can't, you can't – I'll say it. If you're, if, I mean, if you're stuck there with – like let's just say that they go Broderick Jones, you know, they probably need a right tackle a little bit more than that's a left why, tackle. That's why I think they're all going Darnell right because he's just a true right tackle. And um, yeah. but I mean, again, like I know that there's been some some whispers that maybe Peter Skaronsky won't go quite as high as people are mocking him to right now. So we'll we'll see. I mean, I, I think you can almost lock Paris Johnson in in the top ten at this point. Um, I know that that's gotten a lot of a lot of love. We'll see. The, the name, I, the, the thing I look for, which I know this isn't Jets related, but Tennessee trading up to three to get their quarterback and maybe, it, you know, Arizona dropping back to 11 and still being able to get a tackle they really like. Um, but, yes, I have the Jets taking Broderick Jones at 13. Um, and I think that one way or the other, they're going to probably be able to draft a, a good tackle there uh, at 15 now, um, whether that's Darnell Wright, whether that's Broderick Jones, whether that's a Peter Skaronsky, Paris Johnson Jr., um, even a guy, I mean, this is rich for me, but even a guy um, that 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 I like quite a bit, you know, it's 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 rich. So please don't take this as saying I'm saying that he's worth a, a uh, the 15th overall pick. But 
Uh, Anton Harrison, the, the left tackle out of Oklahoma, was a guy that if they took him at 15, I'd go, yeah, that's you know he's my 20th overall player. So I'd go little rich there, but if that's a pos- major position to need for the Jets, and you know they lose out on their other two guys, I could see them kind of pivoting and going with Anton Harrison, the uh, left tackle from Oklahoma. Connor, another year in the books. Hopefully, uh, we'll, we'll see you after the draft, like usual, uh, to recap the Jets' picks. Absolutely, fellas. Anytime. <laughs> of course, and please. Folks, this draft guide is is truly excellent. We will be giving away a bunch right before the draft, like usual, to you know your people, our people. Uh, love what you do. There's just so much insightful information in there. Something that kind of really probably put in a lot of long hours of working on. And uh, we appreciate you always coming on. We appreciate all the conversation, even during the season. And um, we'll talk to you after the draft. If you want, you can leave all your information on where folks can find you, where they can buy the draft guide again in case they weren't paying attention before, because uh, yeah, it's really great, man. Uh, you should be definitely proud of that for sure. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you guys always always hooking me up and, and bringing me on. Um, like I said, I always appreciate that. But yeah, if anybody's interested in getting it, just just go to my the easiest. It's pinned to my Twitter account. So just Connor, C-O-N-N-O-R at NFL Draft, uh, at Connor NFL Draft. And you can read all the instructions on how to get it. But like I said, I always appreciate you guys. And uh, I like that we're keeping the tradition going every year. 100%. The next time people hear from us, they'll be hearing from you as well after hopefully another good Jets draft, two in a row. It makes me nervous, but <laughs> <laughs> but you'd be good, Connor. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Thank guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, man. And that'll do it for tonight's episode of the Jets Way Podcast. Please leave us that five-star review. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And as always, go Jets.